You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Man, so, you know, that was such a good episode catching up with J.B. Kelly Smooth, man. It's always good to talk to old friends, you know what I mean? So Yeah, man. Yeah, Absolutely. So good, man. Hell yeah. Um, but hey, you were telling me about a stencil that you just cut? No, just drew, just sketched out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it has to do with the, uh, uh, with the royal couple that's living uh, here in California now, Meghan Markle and... Uh, and Prince Harry, um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's just about truth, you know, kind of like you know, speak your truth type of thing. Oh yeah, man! I can't wait to see it. I know you're you got a surprise, and then the last one you welcomed that. The- yeah, I don't like talking. <laughs> yeah. I usually don't like talking about uh, any pieces Before. until I've, they're already done or up in the street or whatever. So this one is, uh, yeah, it just. Um, I know. I know the last stencil of uh, Harry that you did walking the dogs, you know, um, it got a lot of coverage, man. So uh, People Magazine covered it. So, um, you know, hopefully yeah. we'll, you know, I can't wait to see it, man. But today we have a very special guest, man. And On quite a completely different subject. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you know what? Uh, you know, we're, we're, this is a street art podcast, right? A lot of our listeners are from the street art community. But, you know, video games are a form of digital art, basically, right? And, uh, you know, today I basically want to welcome my friend Michael Sherman, um, who is uh, in the esports uh, community. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, butcher it if I try to, like, you know, give a bio of what he does, man. So, uh, you know, I just, I, uh, to me, I would like to... Shall we him. let him speak for himself? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go ahead and let him in. <laughs> Welcome, Sherman. How you doing? Good. Okay, you can hear us, but we can't. There you go. There you are. <laughs> so good to see your face, buddy. How's it been, man? Hell yeah, man. So this is my co-host, teacher, uh, or Keith. Basically, he's a, a you know renowned street artist in Los Angeles. So this is my friend. Michael Sherman, man, and nice to have someone saying it for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, normally this is a uh, kind of like a street art DJ podcast, basically, uh, kind of just chronicling the lives of me and teacher and our friends and pe- interesting people that we want to have on the show. Uh, but you know, uh, we were just saying that uh, you know, video games are basically a form of digital art, right? And um, you know, it's actually a form of uh, you know the entertainment industry as well, too. And, you know, we've had so many guests on that, you know, our artists and their kids are always like, oh, my kids are playing so many video games. And like, I wish I could get like mine. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, what I, I was thinking, you know what, instead of, uh, I guess, just like, you know, telling the kids like, hey, stop playing the video games. Why don't we learn a little bit about their whole entire world? So I want to invite you on and uh, come talk a little bit about it, man. So welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, James, I think we talked about this like 
eight months ago now and uh, it's finally happening so excited to be here yeah man i mean we have a lot of people that you know we, we want to have on we like man. to have people in studio you know what i mean it's, totally, it's such totally. a better interview when you're in studio no one's stepping on each other's toes or if you do it, it kind of works together and everything but you know with what we have going on we're very grateful to uh you know be able to connect in this way and uh where, where are you joining us from today where are you uh, i'm in los angeles over here on the in near santa monica oh okay Outside. yeah nice nice yeah. santa monica so nice <laughs> are you uh, are you in l.a oh yeah yeah i'm in i'm on just the other side i'm on the other I'm over the hill <laughs> in a couple aspects. Uh, I'm an Encino. Uh, nice. Yeah. For the time being, we, we kind of jumped around for a while, uh, flipping houses, but um, I'm originally from Florida. You know, I'm from the, what they call the redneck Riviera of, of Florida. It's lower Alabama, um, you know, Destin, Walton Beach area. Um, and, but luckily I escaped and, you know, ventured out to get more culture. And, uh, and, you know, ended up out here trying to play two-man beach volleyball, which, you know, back where I was, actually from there I moved down and, and went to art school in Sarasota. Yeah. And so I was down near Tampa and played two-man beach volleyball, started playing down there and got kind of good and was good there. And, the, and then you I know. went out, came out here to California <laughs> and just got really, <laughs> oh, my God, man. Yeah, and, so that's – Sherman's you, actually not from uh, California originally. Either. I was just going to say, where are you from? Yeah, I, I so I was born in Maryland, uh, moved to Texas though when I was two, uh, and spent uh, spent uh, from then through college. Uh, we're in, in Texas, Houston, Dallas. I, I grew up in Houston, oh. and then I, I moved up to Dallas for college, and then uh, I was in college and uh, wanted to go to California for uh, for a summer. I got an internship uh, at Riot, where I currently work. And uh, went back to school for like three months. Realized I wanted to. I loved California so much that I uh, <laughs> I dropped out and uh, took a full time job out here. And have been been out here now for almost seven years. Did you hear that, Teach? Wow. Okay, so so <laughs> so let me just recap for the audience. Okay, I mean he he dropped out and played video games so he can play uh, video game. I mean basically work for a riot. Well, video work 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 on video games. Yeah, work yeah. on video games. Right. Okay. Okay. So there's but, a big big difference. Okay. There's but no, I'm just saying there. to be in the industry. To be in the industry. Yeah, right. Totally, so totally. let me let me ask you what what are your parents like? Uh, that was going to be exactly. What are your parents' occupation, man? I'm just curious. Right. Tell the tell the audience. But both my parents are in medicine. So my, my dad. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, dad was like, "You want to do what?" No, no, it's it was it was a journey. It was totally a journey. Don't don't get me wrong. Like I think like most kids, uh, my age, like video games were just like the devil when I was growing up. Like just this idea that they were uh, constantly like, w "What would I rather okay, do?" Just so, our, rather, just so like, our audience knows, how old are you, Michael? I'm I'm 29. Okay. Um, so what, what kind of video games were, were around when you were first starting to play? So I think my, I mean, I remember playing like a Mario on an, on an, on an NES when I was a kid. That was like, like the my original first Mario, right? Yeah. Original Mario. Okay. Mario one, uh, like yeah. eight bit, like, uh, you know, little guy jumping up to get the flagpole kind of Mario, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, do you yeah, know no, what I, I'm talking about, Teach? Yes. Okay, okay, yes, okay. I did. We're all on the same page. I was not <laughs> still playing by the time that came around, mind you. Oh, I was okay. there for the original Atari Pong. 
and then and then breakthrough okay. you know what i mean like breakthrough was the shit and then so, yeah, so there it was some arcade so, games and then yeah so <laughs> to be pong like the, the whole i just brought it up right here i mean this literally looks like i can draw this on like ms paint with you know what i mean this this whole game man i mean it wouldn't take you but about two seconds either. <laughs> it was very very simple you know i meant okay so so Teach, you basically, you played Pong and Breakthrough, and those were the only games you played in terms of video games. And that, in that terms was of video games at my house. Yes. In your house. Okay. And how yeah. old were you when you were playing? When Nine. Playing Nine. Nine okay. years old. And I'm just, so before, were you playing like uh, Ping Pong ever? Just curious. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And then, so when Pong came around, and... I mean, like, there's obviously still ping pong, but now you could just sit in front of a screen and play ping pong. I mean, like, that was just, like, mind-blowing to you, or I, I don't no. understand. No. no. <laughs> For me, I was just like, okay, so, so this is a game that we do, right? This is, it's, okay, so we move the thing back and forth there, and then, like, the dot, okay. It's, okay, that's, that's neat that this can happen, you know? Um, five minutes later, you're like, so what else do you want to do? You know, like, <laughs> okay, okay. So you because yeah, I have just this breakthrough was a little different. You know, at least breakthrough was like you know you got the thing back. It was a little bit faster. You know, you could play against yourself. You know, and so that was kind of cool for about ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> and that was it. Okay. Okay. Totally opposite experience. <laughs> I, I like when I say I first played this Mario game, I remember like it wasn't mine. It was a neighbor's down the street. And like I, I just, I can remember stories of just like going over there just so I could play video games to the point where it was like my, my parents, my parents knew that, and, like their parents knew that. And it was always just like, I'm just, I'm here to, where the, Where's the console? Yeah, no, I, I, I loved it too, you know, because, okay, Teach, so you were already out of the video game world when Mario came around, okay? <clears throat> yeah, I wasn't playing anymore. I was, okay. I was out doing actual things. And how, how old were you when you were playing Mario, uh, Mike? Um, I think I was like preschool. I, I, I have no, I, you, okay. yeah, that's about preschool, five kindergarten. Five or six yeah, years old. Okay. yeah, yeah. Like for yeah. me, um, let me see. When did Mario One come out, man? Because I, okay, first of all, we couldn't really okay. Came out, I guess, nineteen eighty three. So that was the year I was I was born, and then um, <clears throat> but we didn't really get it until a little bit later. And you know, my parents were super yeah. strict, and you know, we were only allowed to play video games on Saturday. Okay, so we basically we had this like attic mentality. That means that the mo since I'm only able to play video games, major suppression that going on that there. <laughs> from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep on Saturday, I'm fucking playing Mario. You, you know what I mean? So I mean, I was <laughs> I was obsessed with it too, man. So yeah. I, I actually I understood it, you know. So you know, for me, I kept on playing you know Mario One, Mario Two, Mario Three. <laughs> Super Nintendo Mario, right? Mario really was my shit, you know? But then, to be honest, like, once it got, like, 3D, the video games, yeah. it became, like, a little bit too complicated for me to uh, want to learn. Because originally, I kind of just wanted to play video games to relax. You know, you button mash, and, you know, you kind of just go through this uh, world that you can choose your own adventure, right, you know? Yeah. Um, did you have a similar experience? Because there's a learning curve for a lot of these newer games these days, right? 
Well, and, and, and so much of my, like, early games, so I was similar. Like, I, no video games really growing up in, in my house growing, uh, growing up. I remember, like, my parents were always very anti-video games in my early years. And really the only thing that saved me was that you, you had, we had a computer. Um, there was no way around that. So I got really into computer games. And I think that, like, inherently computer games were, like, even harder to me at least than like console games because you could do more you have the mouse keyboard like more more inputs if you if at least you, you're using more of your brain oh yeah yeah exactly. let me just well so like I, it's funny though because i remember you know like my my argument to my parents maybe i didn't say it at the time it was always like i could watch tv right well at least this is like doing something slightly more active than like uh than doing that so <laughs> you know that, that's, that's, that's like good, my base argument you that's know? a good <laughs> argument no okay so so teach um you know you didn't have any sort of computer game i know for sure because you didn't even have a computer <laughs> right maybe, computers basically. weren't around you know and, and, yeah. and only in in large office buildings or in where my dad worked on the you know eglin air force base they had computers there. Okay, yeah. So, so for you, like, that's what I'm saying. I actually remember for me, actually, computer games were a little bit educational. Like, they would have a Macintosh computer inside the classroom, and we would play, like, Oregon Trail or, like, Math Blasters or, like, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or some educational game, right? Did you play those, too? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Teach is laughing at me because he's, like, you know, teach <laughs> Well, Oregon, Tra Oregon Trail was like a family experience. That was like, you name yourself after like everyone, my sisters, my sisters and I would like sit around the one Macintosh this and is like, like play Oregon Trail. Shit, right? like, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's a different time, man. It's such a simpler time. Like families used to, hey, let's sit together and play board games or play a computer game together, you know? And uh, oh, I, I love Oregon Trail. By that time, I was lifeguarding down the beach. Yeah, and... getting laid, you know? <laughs> But um, yeah, you know, you're exactly he was doing like real world activities, which actually I mean, I want to get to this uh, kind of topic and of like this virtual world and this real world, you, you know, kind of like becoming uh, closer and closer. But anyway, so um, <clears throat> for me, the, the video game, I think that the last one I can really, really play on the console was uh, GoldenEye and S Super Smash Brothers, man. You know, did mm -hmm. you? Did you Teach, you know, you don't even know about, I mean, Smash Brothers or anything like that, right? This is like foreign. Okay. And what about Street Fighter? What about Street Fighter? Street Fighter 2 was like the shit, man. I've heard, yes, I've, I've heard of Street Fighter. I think yeah. I've seen a couple of Street Fighter clips or something like that. Like at the, at the arcade game. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've seen that. Yep. Yeah. Did you, did you go to the arcade when, when you were uh, growing up? Me? Yeah. No, uh, I, I didn't really have an arcade that I would go to, but eventually there was a, um, there was like a, a land or a, P a PC cafe or a land center where I would mm. go and play uh, video games. And they, so that's where I really got into Counter-Strike as, um, and they were, their whole thing too was, uh, they'd give you like free hours of, of gaming if you brought in your report card and like you had good grades. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. like on the one hand it was like report card and i also went to a, a school where they gave like more i went to a private school and I, they gave us like more report cards like on a more frequent basis than like the more public high school <laughs> oh, and i was God. just like oh yes this is great i can take these in more more often oh well, there, yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah yeah so it worked out for me 
Uh, okay. If you're a good student, that's great. I wasn't. Every so, time a four card tag for me, it's like, fuck, man, how can I change that and make a B out of it? So going back to PC games, man, I mean, you know, I played some, I think the last PC game maybe I played was like um, Diablo 2. Sure. Okay. Uh, teach, uh, you know, maybe let me, I'm just going to pull up kind of like these different games. Okay. Because, um, you know, I, we're, we're kind of going from Pong all the way to uh, what is like the modern day, uh, you know, video game now, because all these games that we're talking about are actually like these classic video games that, I mean, I would say influence a lot of the games today. Um, so this is kind of like teach. This is kind of like uh, Diablo two. Okay, you have like your little like characters, and then you know you fight a bunch of like elf guys that are like coming towards you. So it's like really cool graphics. You, you know, um, teach is looking. Good grief, at man! I'm glad this wasn't around when I was like really young. Okay. That would give me crazy <laughs> nightmares. I just know that. <laughs> the reason, the reason I, I, the reason I wanted to bring bring you on today, man, is because. Um, you know, the video games industry, man, and the esports industry, it's just, it's just exploded in the past few years. And a lot of the people I would say in the art world, man, we're used to like tangible items, you know, um, like, you know, teach paints a painting and then he sells it. And then that person now has the painting, you, you know, now in the esports world, like, you know, it doesn't work so much like that. You know, it's like now there's computer games that you basically you log on and then, you know, you, you create an account. I mean, everything's like, you know, not even a physical thing anymore, right? You're buying like, sure. uh, you're buying like non-physical digital items, like pieces of armor for your character or something <laughs> like that, right? So, I mean, I just wanted to- Non-fungible tokens now. No, 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 none of the NFTs. We're, we're not in the NFT business. <laughs> now, okay, so, so basically tell us a little bit about what you do, man. Sure. So- well, so I lead uh, marketing for one of the largest esports leagues um, in the U.S. called the League Championship Series, um, which is a, a professional league for the game League of Legends. We have 10 franchise teams uh, in the U.S. Some are owned, one of them is owned by the Golden State Warriors. Another one is part owned by um, the 76ers and the Houston Rockets kind of together. We have like team. How many people are on each team? Five, five. Okay, so it's just like basketball kind of. I mean, five, five. five so like five, if one five. gets tired of pushing buttons, they need to tag team or something like another guy. No, 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 the they're push. all ten, 10 people playing at the same time, you know, five versus Ooh, okay. five. Uh, and it's and that's like a big part of it. Is it I'm gonna is, show uh, you, Teach, I'm gonna bring up um, just kind of like the game play. Uh, this is This is like a, what's going on in the video game. Everybody's like a little character. And then, you know, you have five versus five and you're fighting each other. This is League of Legends, okay. right? Yep. yep. Okay. I just wanted to kind of bring it up for the audience because most of our audience probably has never heard of League of Legends, man. And, you know, this is, uh, like I said, it's actually called eSports, man. Calling it video games is like an outdated boomer term <laughs> would you say so okay boomer yeah i'm ready for it go ahead sure. and, and let me let me give you like a picture that's like when any when any uh, i'm gonna send you a link james that's when like anybody uh plays it maybe normally let me show you like what this looks like at the at the highest level um what i'm referring to uh so this is the world championship in 2017 Okay, uh, 
It was hosted in China that year, travels to a different country every year. And we hosted it in the uh, Beijing Olympic Stadium uh, with over 40,000 people in attendance uh, live. And uh, I think peaked at 32 million people watching uh, around the world. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this is not, again, so this is, this is not just like, what I brought up was just people playing it in their living room, man. But this is basically big business, man. Look at this. They have this is the team. Um, oh, those are this is the opening ceremony. This is like the. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! And all those people. No, are, dude, this is just the opening ceremony. Are you fucking kidding me? This is like an entire packed stadium. I mean, what like, is going on? You know, dude, this I, looks like the Olympics. That's. That's, this that's, looks possibly even more extravagant than some of the Olympic ceremonies I've seen in the past, for sure. <laughs> Definitely for sure. <laughs> so this is just the opening ceremony, and I'm going to kind of fast forward it. Is that Jay Chow actually singing? It was Jay Chow singing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, now. So there, there you go. Yeah, these are the players kind of like lining up, getting ready to play their games. Uh, doing player introductions. Core JJ, he actually plays in the United States now. Uh, went on to win that year. And these guys are, they're, they're playing the game that we, ju I ju we just showed earlier, right? League of Legends? Yeah. And, and like yep. I said, man, so, so okay. <laughs> First <laughs> teacher's just blown away now. <laughs> I just saw my face on the thing, and I'm just like going... <laughs> Now in wow. Asia, this is a way bigger their, market. Their uniforms—they, I just figured out—they they, they look like race car drivers. You know, they got all the little sponsors up and down the sleeves and stuff. It's like yeah. full on. <laughs> Damn. I mean, are these guys like celebrities in in Asia, basically? So I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that um, in what was it called? There's one like um, big like almost like the Oscars or the Emmys, something that just showed and like one of the, the best players in China was like recognized as like the biggest celebrity at that event. What's his name? Um, <laughs> his name is, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? This is gonna kill me. Uh, China's <laughs> biggest esports player. Um, Uzi. 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 That's the guy's name. Uzi or what, how do you pronounce it? Uh, so I've heard it two ways. In Korea, I've heard it pronounced UZI, and in the U.S., I've heard it pronounced Uzi. Uh, I don't know which one it is. He's he's uh, he's from China. Okay. Um. I. So so basically, but the thing is, like, what's cool, I think, is that you guys actually are connected to like a basketball team, right? You you're saying that okay, like the Golden State Warriors owns a team. You, you know, like how does that work, man? Because uh, I I think it's like. I guess anyone can own a basket or anyone can own a team. You've got enough money, huh? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's really interesting that like real physical activity sports are investing into these like esports world, man, because they kind of see it. It's literally the same business model, actually, right? Look, it, it definitely was like, you know, uh, the way it started was a lot of teams just kind of built themselves. It was five players got together, wanted to play. Before long, it was like, hey, people want to watch us, so they started streaming their games. Um, yeah, like my the... kids. Yeah, like exactly. Like my fucking kids. <laughs> and then eventually it was, uh, you know, our first big event is an example. We took 
in 2015, we took the North American finals to Madison Square Garden, or in 2013, we took it to the Staples Center in LA. Uh, sold out the Staples Center in under an hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally any, any sports exec who saw that was like, wait, what is going on here? Um, and sort of looked for like, well, what do we do? I mean, we, we know what it's like. I don't get into this. <laughs> we know how to do marketing. We know how to do events. We knew how, know how to do like build big brands out of, out of professional players. Um, so, you know, some of them are owned by teams like, or, or NBA teams like the Golden State Warriors. Others are like completely homegrown out of this whole scene. They've completely built themselves up. Maybe they have some investors who have helped kind of grow, grow them up. Uh, but for the most part, um, especially our most successful organizations are the ones that have really built from the ground up. Wow. James, we, uh, we lost you. Yeah, can't hear you, dude. <laughs> what did you do, James? You know? There yeah. you go. Yeah, awesome. What did you do? <laughs> My computer's going haywire. But anyways, so let me ask you, man. This is just for that one particular game, right? I mean... that Yeah. I mean, that stadium was there to just watch five five games of two those two teams that, like, it was our Super Bowl. Okay. So, I mean, wow. is there people playing, like, for example, uh, like the game I talked about earlier, Diablo 2 still online in a stadium format? I mean, or is it not popular enough to generate, like, that crowd? There's only a, a, like maybe four or five games, at least in the U.S., that are big enough to to do a stadium uh, like that, and and those are those are the ones that you. I mean, like Fortnite is a great example of one that has okay. like, that's, done that that's, scale. That's one that it's teachers love that plays, shit, right? <laughs> what was that, James? That's the one. That's one of the ones that your son plays, right, Teach? Oh yeah, yeah. So this, this is Fortnite. This is uh, it's like a first person shooter kind of would you say or it's like a th third third, per third, person, third person shooter, shooter. uh the goal you know being 100 people fly onto an island and uh last person alive wins um and i think this this was an example like you know this game really blew up because uh uh you know when you play a game of like league of legends you're playing versus one other team and it's like okay you have that instant gratification of being better than the five other people on, on your other team, imagine now playing a game where you're better than 99 other people uh, if, you, if you win. I mean, there's, there's a lot to that sort of feeling of... Uh, of oh, that's a completely different competitive oh, feel. Okay. Yeah. And it's free, right? Yeah, yeah. And most of the games that are popular like that are free to play. Like, I have a friend in college who played League of Legends. Um, he never spent a dime on the game, probably sunk a, thousand, a couple thousand hours into the game while we were in college. Um, never <laughs> spent a time, and that was like you know that was sort of, that's sort of been the secret to these games being able to become like so popular is like you can spend money if you want to. It doesn't make you better at the game to spend money. Um, it's usually like cosmetics that just hey, I want to have a different looking character this time, but still the same character. Mm, okay, so like uh, it's kind of like clothes for your character, so you yeah. can custom customization basically, right? <laughs> So, like as an example, we have a we have a skin in the Legends. This was how to do our, our 2019 World Championship. We have a skin in the game uh, where um, normally they would be like uh, a hip hop group, uh, but in this world, uh, we actually partnered with Louis Vuitton, and you can buy like a Louis Vuitton skin oh. uh, in the game. And now you have like actual like 
designed by apparel designers. A digital <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Oh wow, man! Oh, dude, I'm yep. just pulling it up right here. Um, dude, that that's really interesting, man. Yeah, I, I never think... forget when I first my heard my son talking about skins. I'm like, what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Is this the? Uh, um... So there's like two two parts of that. So you're seeing some of it. That's the skin, and then anything with the real people was the actual capsule collection that we launched with Louis Vuitton alongside it. So it's like a double partnership. One side they're getting the digital skin, and then actually in the real life they're getting the uh, the collaboration of League of Legends yeah. and also Louis Vuitton too. Jeez, that's awesome. Cha ching, cha ching. <laughs> the thing is like, I I think that you know we really need to uh, as I guess I got a question one. for you, just just uh, okay, right quick. Go ahead. Um, because so my son's ten years old. He's he's very into you know the, the gaming thing. Mm -hmm. um and what what's the best thing he could do to you know help prepare himself to maybe get uh, a job you know sometime you know when he gets old enough to to work or how old would be a, an ideal time for him to work in that particular industry yeah it, it depends i mean i think that the they usually give a couple pieces of advice when it comes to like uh kids and, and gaming i mean i think like anything it's everything in moderation um and so like the the best players in the world are disciplined to like have to learn how to uh you know be able to take feedback work on a team like you know it's 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 tough like to, to to go through the mental stress that they go through so like a big part of it is learning how to like be disciplined as a gamer at the same time for like working in it um you know like riot as an example we hired just about every form of entertainment uh you could you could think of so we hire we look to hire the best animators from Pixar. We look to hire the best engineers from Google. Um, we look to hire the best uh, game designers from other other gaming companies. Um, you know, you really are this. Uh, you're 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 a, an industry that's fueled by creative talent, um, but also then like you have people like me who works almost entirely on the business side, where like most of my background at this point is like partnerships or business development. Um, so, I mean, a, a lot of like, uh, you know, for, for most, I, for most people I talk to, I'm like, go to college, get, get the degree in something that you think you're, you're really passionate about. Don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I figured, I always say too, well, is like, I figured out what I needed out of college. I got it and yeah. I was able to do, do something with it. And, and, uh, uh, I think gaming is now at the point where like, especially in the next couple of years, like, um, you're going to continue to see it kind of like grow and mature where like we're just continuously looking to pull uh you know who's the best art director who's the best uh uh like even music sound designers like you're, you're really just crawling every form of of entertainment sort of has a role in creating a game the the team that makes league of legends uh directly is almost a thousand people um, kind of wow. across all sorts of different. Uh, I figured it had to be a large number of people so, to come to build something like that, man. Holy cow. Yeah. So, I mean, since you work for, uh, <laughs> you know, Riot and they make League of Legends, how often do you play the game yourself? Uh, it depends. I mean, I go, I go, I've played since I was, I started playing when I was a senior in high school. So you were a big fan of the game already before you worked for them, yeah. obviously, right? Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I've played now for almost 12 years. 
and like it's off and on you know as i get older i i i it's it's hard to keep up with as i get, as i get older i can't like uh play it as well as i could when i was uh, 18 17 it doesn't get any easier no no uh so like i mean i played a couple of games over the weekend with some friends but i mean like i used to be uh, at, at my peak i was playing like like 20 hours a week and now uh now i'm like maybe in a game or two so uh, let me ask you could you week. possibly play uh mario for that long anymore nowadays no i mean probably not mario has existed when i was a kid yeah, uh, yeah. i still play super i play a ton of super smash brothers still okay no i'm That's just probably... curious because it's like you know uh i feel like there's some games like league of legends man that people just keep on coming back to it's like almost like yeah. they're like virtual life inside um this world right you know <clears throat> we, we i mean we joke about it at, at work quite a bit where it's like i i find it funny like to me you know i started playing the game when i was 17 17 and like we have the average age of a professional player is like uh 21 22 uh in the u.s which means most of them started playing when they were like 13 12 13 and they were probably terrible at the game when they were that young but it's just one of those things that they have they have played now for so long and have gotten so good at um it's insane to me to think like what it would be like if i if i would like if i had access to these kinds of games when i was uh, uh that age like sounds awesome it's interesting uh, because you're literally talking about it like how a basketball player was like or like for me for music man it's like i, I always think it's like oh if i would have started producing music at a younger age that I would be at so much more advantage because I would have learned uh, oh, a lot no. of these skills. You know what I mean? I mean, real, real clear. I would be bad. It's super bad still at the game. If I started when I was 12, than if I started when I was 17, oh, I've been bad enough at games my whole life to know that one for, uh, for a fact. <laughs> um, but, but there's definitely like, a, there's kind of just this, like, you know, I, the way I grew up with games, it, it, same, same idea with social media. The way that I grew up with social media is so different than the way that kids today are growing up with social media. Like, mm. when I had Facebook uh, in, in, in college, like, you know, you weren't like, oh, and there's my, my mom and my mom's friends on Facebook. And uh, now it's like, you know, it was just you. And so it's so weird to me to think, like, that, that video games are so accessible um it wasn't just you know i probably would know a bunch of people or like you, know, you have a bunch of online friends and stuff like that that, mm. that you didn't have so yeah, yeah that's another thing too i know that there's like some people that you know especially in the esports and gaming community man you spend like so many hours with these people because you're playing this game together all the time and you're talking through your headset you know <laughs> and uh, you know you may have never met them in your entire life you know and it's just kind of like but you spend like so much time with these people so it really is just like a totally different world man uh right teach i mean you have an interesting look on your face man what, what do you think about this i'm dude i'm just taking this all in you know what like, i mean my, my roommate, a uh, good example, like my roommate is a guy named Alex. I met Alex. Uh, we both grew up in Texas. Um, shout out we to were Alex. both, <laughs> shout out to Alex. Uh, we were both uh, into esports, both like League of Legends fans. Um, and we met through gaming. We hardly ever like met each other in person, but have gotten to know each other online. It just mm -hmm. so happened that like when I moved out here, he was also moving out here and like he needed a roommate. It worked out. It's like this person who I mostly had known online is now my, my roommate uh, lived 
uh, with him and now his girlfriend for like six or seven years. That's awesome. I guess it's, a, it's like a new dynamic of uh, getting to know somebody or, or you know, a re- developing relationships. You know, it's like, well, uh, are you a gamer? And then, you know, find someone else that's a gamer or anywhere in the business, then it's boom, you, you're, you've already got something that you got in common. You know what I mean? So I think, I think, I think it can be a great thing. Yeah, I think a lot of it is going to, I think also too that mentality of like being a gamer is really going to shift over the next five, 10 years. I think like we usually talk about it as like kids don't use the like, are you a gamer or not a gamer mentality in the same (laughs) way that like you don't ask somebody, do you watch movies? Do you watch television? Uh, You're a TV watcher. You're a movie watcher. watcher? (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of one of those like, well, what, you know, like what types of movies are like, you know, there's not every movie is for everyone. And Mm. there's kind of like, we think, I think games will sort of evolve like that as well. It's sort of this like, uh, uh, So it's more like, are you a Call of Duty guy? Or are you a, uh, you know, Fortnite dude? Exactly. Exactly. I get it. I get it. I got a question for you. So those, those teams that we were looking at. (laughs) on that olympic field or whatever still processing the teams <laughs> about how much do each one of those guys make in a month or a year or whatever so so i don't know how much they make i can say the average starting salary in the u.s for for the lcs the league i work on is three hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year um with (laughs) (laughs) with like the the biggest uh the highest paid players like well into the seven figures okay so i i've just pulled up i just pulled i'm gonna pull up (laughs) this is uh um i guess this is a different game it's called dota right but it's a similar type of game this is the gamers um i guess this is the top 10 dude's holding a big frisbee or something what the fuck yeah he's i mean uh, this, this guy's like the main dude I guess, okay right? but uh you know this guy gets paid 6.9 million dollars this guy gets paid this guy uh buga gutterstorf so these these are all people that um these are prize pools so you kind of have like two different like types of, of games at this point where you have like some where it's all about salary um, so like Faker right here is probably one of the most uh, uh, best paid pro players in the world. He plays League of Legends, but like League of Legends, like most of your money comes from salary, which w- wouldn't show up here. Um, mm. It's almost like the <laughs> difference between like, uh, you know, golf is so he- or NASCAR is so heavily like the conversation sponsors, right? You have. Yeah. Right? And like okay. you play in tournaments and they have prize pools and like, that's how the majority of the, the cash is won. Whereas, like, for League of Legends, because it's now, like, you know, we have a season every year from January through November. Um, you have regular seasons. You have a, a playoffs. Then we get together for this, like, World Cup-style World Championship. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, like, uh, it, it's – I think the, there was a buyout, for instance, uh, for a player from Euro- – uh, a North American team bought a European player this contract. Um, and it was like a rumored buyout of like seven million dollars, <laughs> and that's just to buy the player. That's like not okay, even so, like. Okay, <laughs> so let me ask you. You know, in normal sports, sometimes when you draft a player in, onto a team, you know the chemistry isn't correct oh and they my, can't play yeah. well together. I mean, does that happen in esports as well too? Totally, totally. I mean, like the the the, the secret is not just finding who are the five best players that are like individually the best it is all about like 
what is the best team that I can assemble? And coaching staff plays a huge role in that. I think like, wow, that's the, interesting. Uh, like uh, the, <laughs> one of the teams that I've, I've worked with out here, like they have everything from like, they have sports psychologists, they have nutritionists, they have like, pe- <laughs> okay, they, the, they have like the, the, nutri- <laughs> the, the nutritionist is getting out of hand. Okay. Okay. The nutritionist is, well, first of all, how many 18 year olds do you know that are playing video games that come into this with the healthiest of eating? Okay, habits? So, okay. so there is a lot of good to be. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Scissor and all this and, other. And crap, th- no, they're right? having hot pockets. That's about, that's, yeah, that's what they're exactly, having. Exactly. Hot, hot pockets and uh, diet Coke, not even diet Coke, Gatorade, right? That, that's hot pockets. There's definitely for, for, you know, like how it's definitely, a, you know, uh, no. mental just plays a huge part of that. So of there course, is so course. much I'm, to this, like, um, so like co- coaching staff, and then you actually get into like the actual technical coaches, which are like much more like somebody is a position coach where they're actually like dedicated to like helping somebody in their yeah, specific it's like a, position. It's like in a football uh, team, there's like an offensive, offensive coach, a defensive <laughs> coach, coach, head, coach head, you know, yeah. right. So man, you know, okay. Okay. How much does a coach pay? I, mean, I don't know how much a coach is paid. I, I would assume that a good head coach is paid well into the six figures. Um, I think, I think the, if you're a positional coach, depending on like what, what quality caliber of team you're on, I, I, high five figures would be my guess. Okay. That's, this is insane. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about Twitch, man. I mean, do any of these people play on Twitch? I mean, uh, or is that a separate, like kind of like uh, a community of gamers? So I mean, Twitch. Twitch is really one of the the platforms that help kind of. Peace. Do you know what uh, Twitch is? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> I'm not on it. I'm not going to get on it. But yes, <laughs> I know what it is. Twitch is, you know, it's the platform where you go. People watch you play video games, and it's it's sort of like built off that same idea. When I was like, especially with all the single player games I played as a kid. It's like you'd go to a friend's house, one of you would play, and the other one would watch while you played, and you're bantering and talking. So yeah. now you're doing that in like massive scale. Like to- I used to go to the arcade, and the thing is, like, I wouldn't have any money, so I would just actually like, first of all, I would like pretend to play, like you know, it's like playing the vid- video, and I would just like mash the buttons to de-stress, right? And then it's just like you got to put a quarter on the, the the screen right there to know you're next, you, you know, right? You put yeah. your quarter right there, and you're kind of just watching people play, man, and. And then, um, you know, so I, I, I understand from that point of view, like watching people play, but man, I'm telling you, it's out of hand, man. There's like hundreds of people just watching on Twitch sometimes, maybe even thousands, right? Just like somebody oh. playing, right? Oh, no, I know. Dude, it's what my <laughs> kids do. It's what my kids do every morning. My daughter more than my son, actually. My daughter is more into watching these guys play. You know, like Mr. Beast and, and yes. friends that are all get all crazy and they're playing whatever the hell they're playing. And then my son is usually over there playing Call of Duty, you know, until it's time for them to get ready to do their homeschooling or whatever. <laughs> Wait, so you want you want the you want the craziest version of where this goes. So before I worked on on the professional side of the esports, I ran our college division, which is uh. to say that now universities are giving scholarships for people to also come and play for the university <laughs> first of all i think that's that, that's amazing man um you know that that colleges are kind of like embracing this industry because it's like 
hey, at least you can have an institution to go to to get into this industry too, right? It, I totally. think that there's a path. But wait, let me ask you though. So are there crossovers of like, for example, Faker earlier that you showed me, this professional gamer, does he do like a Twitch stream sometime too? Or that doesn't usually cross over? Like, how is it? Yeah, work? no, no. So like um, most of them uh, usually spend their evenings when they're not practicing. You know, they'll, they'll spend the majority of the day practicing and that's like you don't stream that you don't show that you don't want people to know what you're practicing who you're practicing with keeping that all private <laughs> um exactly uh le leaked scrims that's the that's always the, the big uh debate um but then uh in the evening a lot of them will go and like stream and that's actually Love more it. practice for them too they, 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 they relax from their job of video no, by, playing, by more playing more video games. That is, that, is the, that is the one thing that I will say. And maybe this is a League of Legends issue, but it's like the number of – usually their schedule looks like they have practice from Tuesday to uh, Thursday, and then they have matches Friday, Saturday, and Sunday every week. And then they get Monday off. And let me tell you how many of them say they – play more League of Legends on their, their Monday, Monday. Then on any Okay, I gotta ask, man. I mean, like, do you know... I guess that's when you know you love it. That's true. <clears throat> but do you know if these guys, like, work out or do any physical activity at all to kind of, like, balance it out? I mean, like, yeah. you know... Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of... Uh, I, I was literally just looking at a survey like a week ago, um, kind of going through the latest, uh, the latest rookies, and it's like, you know, a lot of them, you have like this, the sneaker heads, you have the like, uh, the gym bros, like you have like, uh, awesome. kind of like all these, these archetypes still, it's just like, they happen to also be really good. And especially as they're getting like money and a, a paycheck, like a big paycheck for the first time. Like I can tell you that this is kind of like, what do they spend their money on? It's like, some of them just have massive shoe collections. Now they sit at home, play League of Legends and they're like collecting shoes. Others are like, <laughs> uh building like home gyms and like uh interesting just kind okay. of, you know no, so, so basically so, so uh, i guess i'm still in the old school mentality of thinking that these guys are just like you know guys who you know never see daylight you know and like you like you said it's just like it's interesting i really appreciated what you said about it's like you we don't watch ask people do you watch films like do you listen to music right it's like of course we do man and this is just like a weird old school mentality i think you know we we have to i don't know what do you think teach like well dude okay you know <laughs> when i was growing up you know my dad was like uh, stay you know don't watch too much of the damn boob too you know it's going to shrink your fucking brain and you know about the same with with you know with the with the video games you know he's like get outside and fucking do something he didn't he didn't that you know, I mean, but he might are, as okay. well have are the there he said it, you know are there like video gamers who love to go camping <laughs> so i i there's one uh he's a, I, I he's a rookie or a, a veteran he retired um from from league of legends he's now a professional commentator on our broadcast and during the off season amazing he, yeah <laughs> that's what you do when you retire you become a commentator, You're a commentator. Yeah. yeah he, he during, <laughs> during the off season he like went backpacking uh okay. through like the in i don't i don't remember where but for like three weeks and it was just like he came back with like crazy stories great time like he's like i saw yes. the outside of my room actually <laughs> <laughs> no he was like uh he's he's um 
I'm trying to remember the crazy. Yeah, that's cool, like, man. That's cool. It's cool because, like I said, I, I think yeah, agoraphobic, so you know, would be perfect for this. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> what about like things like Oculus, man? I mean, Oculus is uh, basically the virtual reality thing. Like, um, you know, it's interesting because when when I was a kid, man, they told you to not sit so close to the television <laughs> all the time, man. <laughs> now we're literally about to like crawl Wearing inside goggles. <laughs> we're we're about yeah. to crawl inside the phone, man. Like, you know, with Oculus, man. Like. Yeah, first of all, like I heard that the guy who invented the whole VR Oculus thing, like literally his eyes are like fucked from uh from <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm just wondering Lovely. Like, That's great. The direction that like games are gonna go like every, you know, like League of Legends or um what do you think, man? You know, I think um call me a skeptic, but like I, I mean I'm not necessarily sold on on VR as like the next thing. I definitely think like entertainment is really like the future like the continuing to like blur the line between like entertainment and uh and video games is sort of like the future i talked about like that um that louis vuitton collab involved Mm -hmm. in that as well was like we created an entire we assembled like kiki palmer and like a bunch of other like musicians from around uh the world to like build this the actual like virtual band um, Fortnite worked with Travis Scott and hosted this like massive like in Fortnite Travis Scott concert. Um, and so I think that like entertainment wow. experiences are gonna like, and that was like giant, you're walking around still as the little guy with the gun and like giant Travis Scott like walks onto the world and the world like explodes and you're on this like hour long musical like live journey. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like you're basically it's a it's like a virtual online experience where you get to watch him in concert in a different type of way, man. So, I mean, you know, this, yeah, this, that's pretty it's cool. Of, it's kind of like just adding a different dimension to the world, actually, I, I would say, you know, and uh, yeah. right. So it, like I, you said earlier, teach just like a different way to interact with people, actually, too, man. I, I yeah. think that that's like uh, it's just really valuable for us to kind of just like understand. It's a new show, social dynamic. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a new dimension, man, you, you know, and if you want to tap into this dimension in this world, you kind of, uh, you, you know, you can. Be- and I got to tell you, you know, with the with the, with the pandemic um, pushing more and more people online um, and, you know, I got to tell you, this is the, the coronavirus isn't going anywhere for a few years. You know what I mean? Like the the pandemic life is going to be kind of like a normal thing. You know what I mean? It's it's you're going to be able to go out and go around and do things and everything, but yeah. there's going to be, an, a, an, a, I think there's going to be um, a building number of people that are going to be more online and into gaming. I think that that's, I mean, that's, that's gaming. I'm sorry. Into, into, oh God, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think that that's like, uh, we saw that. I mean, as a company, we saw that like when things started to close down, people started playing games more. Not maybe I, I, like I couldn't believe that I started playing video games, man. Oh <laughs> God, dude, I, I'm this bored right now, man. You know, but anyways, yeah. So you saw a spike, obviously, in users yeah. or something like that, right? We, we saw this, and like I also had my own personal experiences where it was like I was playing, uh, I mean, all all sorts of versions. Like I had a poker group, and our poker group went fully online, and we'd sit in video, you know, in a Zoom thought, call and play. I thought you said a hooker group. I was like, oh, that's. <laughs> That's well, hey, man. That's interesting. <laughs> hey man, you never know with the with the Oculus thing. You know, oh, I mean, it, it might actually just uh, change. Uh, you know how people uh, interact that way too, man. You know, 
<laughs> but anyway, oh, that is that's a whole other world. So, yeah, Michael, exactly. we got some ideas going on here. Let's talk afterwards, huh? Yeah. So, so uh, basically, I mean, um, you, you guys saw a big jump, obviously, during the pandemic, right? Yeah, I mean, I think every you know Twitch viewership went up. People were uh, 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 Twitch viewership went up. People were playing games more. Like we launched a game in the middle of the uh, pandemic, and like. I think it was like, it was a moment of people like, what are you doing? Well, you're playing this game together. I uh, played a lot more games with my friends over the last, especially friends that aren't from California. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it's-, it's that's, cool, that's, that's actually another thing that I do like about this whole online thing, um, especially for my son, because he's a lot different than most, you know? And there's a lot of people out there that are different than most people. And they might not be able to find someone in their fucking neighborhood that they get along with, but, being able to get online and, you know, uh, compete and do something and find someone that you get really get along with. Um, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the, like uh, met people, like so many people through this, whether it's like other people at my school when I was in college uh, or just like people from across the country who I've like gone and met in person during like different gaming events or something like that um you know it's it's definitely created like i usually describe it as like a it's a shared language like it's just another thing that like you understand uh with them um that you're able to like relate and talk about yeah it's like uh, an instant yeah. relation right there it's kind of yeah. like i'm gonna do a segue right here it's kind of like the world of street art man right <laughs> teach you know because it's like it's like a brotherhood amongst like uh, uh these different artists man so Sherman, we're gonna turn the tables now and uh to ask you a couple questions um because this is after all paint the town podcast and we do normally talk about uh street art so teach go ahead you i want you to ask uh you know your standards well you know I, we we always tell people that if you know if the person that we're interviewing is not an actual street artist themselves or, or has done any kind of vandalism in the graffiti world um that we at least educate them a little bit sure you know did, uh, now, when you were growing up, did you ever, you know, write anything like with markers on something or spray cans or anything like that? <laughs> trying to think. I, I was in the theater program when I was in uh, high school and like helped paint a couple sets. Oh, that dude, that doesn't count. Okay. No? <laughs> you know what? Okay, like if you, if you wrote something under a desk or like on the edge of the desk or something like that, yeah. that's like a little you know, borderline graffiti right there. No, no. So I I did have like, I, I, uh, yeah, I have a a desk when I was a kid. Uh, I remember very specifically, like we were getting ready to move and I was like camped up underneath the desk, just writing like, nice. Whether it's stupid shit, like Michael was here or just like what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we always basically love to explore on this podcast is basically, you know, there's a natural human inclination to just write on shit to claim (laughs) you were here, you know, I basically make your mark, you know, make your mark. Exactly. You know, and, and depending on like who you turn out to be, you know, it basically, you could possibly that, that feeling could basically mature into you being an artist on the street. So, um, you know, one of the most popular street artists that I've, I'm sure you have heard of, right, basically is Banksy, right? So, yeah. I mean, what do you know about Banksy? I'm always curious because, you know, um, you know, from my, uh, just like a layman's, you know, like you heard of him in the news, right? I'm sure, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Banksy to me is like, uh, he's both a real person and not a real person. It's almost like an illusion. Uh, I, all I know is he has like these crazy art pieces that almost sort of like pop up 
uh, out of nowhere. Mm. Um, I think there's like one of one of my favorite movies is uh, uh, Spider Man into Into the Spider Verse or Into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, this, yes. They have this like one Banksy reference that is like uh, the world changes a little bit, and they're like, "What is that?" And they're like, "I think it's a Banksy." Uh, and I'm just kind of like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I watched that. I don't watch too many superhero movies at all. And, um, you know, I watched that one and there's really like an ode to the graffiti uh, inside that because, you know, inside the Spider-Verse, he takes his uh, nephew to like this secret graffiti area, you know, you know, and, you know, kind of teaches him how to get up. Right. So that that, that was always super cool to me, man. Yes. What were you saying? that was like my, I mean, like my, my real big, the closest thing I had to an interaction of it growing up as well. It's like, we grew up in a neighborhood that was right behind, uh, like built right over a forest kind of thing, you know, just lots of trees and stuff right behind us. Um, and, uh, we'd go back there all the time as kids, uh, like pellet guns or something. And, you know, eventually you, you, at one point, like when I was in middle school, you found this, like, a bunch of kids had stolen high school kids had stolen a bunch of like construction uh like materials uh, usually from trash bins and like built a paintball arena but that whole paintball arena was also just filled with like people spray painting like graffiti and like i mean this this was like two-story tree fort like kind of stuff that was just Ooh. built randomly uh in the back here and like um nice there was a lot of just kind of like you'd go back there and spend like entire afternoons hanging out back there. Nice, man. That's cool. I I, I think like, you know, whatever you see, like just paint, like randomly, like kind of like splattered, like in the middle of nowhere, we, we like call it like these graffiti havens, you, you know, <laughs> and it's like cool spots for photo shoots a lot of times. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of just like a place where people could just like uh, paint and, you know, and on this show, we often explore like, uh, you know, just that whole culture and um, how there's these cool little areas, man. So uh, totally. um, we're also curious just to see how, you know, what people's uh, relation is to, you know, if they've noticed anything along the way or if there's, you know, any kind of, you know, knowledge that they have at all. Um, but, uh, but I think, I mean, that's been one of my favorite parts, though, of, of Los Angeles is actually just seeing. Yeah, I don't I don't think especially in the suburbs of Houston or, or like even my college was in a suburb. Uh, no. you, you didn't, I didn't see any, any, uh, really cool street art. And like, when I moved to Los Angeles, a, it's just more apparent, but it was, uh, because I was downtown more often. Uh, but also right. it was just like part of the culture. So, you know, like being down Ve- Venice beach is one of the places that like sold me on like mm. move, moving to California, just seeing the all, every piece of that culture, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the beach life, if you, if you will. Um, yes. and uh, there, there's no beach life in Houston. There, there is no beach life in Houston, as it turns out. Uh, Galveston okay. is a is a sorry excuse for a for a beach. <laughs> okay, okay. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I, I was there is one thing that I mean the area that I did escape from the the Redneck Riviera does have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world um, because they are white sand beaches. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so pure white, that there's so much quartz in it that people get sunburned on the underside of their nose and chin. <laughs> I'm not mean. putting sunblock under there. But yeah, beautiful <laughs> beaches. Other than that, uh, and great fishing, you know, great fishing, fishing there. But um, no, other than that, get the hell out of town. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but there was no graffiti there either. You know, yeah. I mean, there was, 
hardly any graffiti in, in Destin, Florida. So yeah. to, you know, um, so once, have you uh, noticed a difference between um, like murals and then uh, what they call burners or pieces where you see like letters and stuff are, are part of the actual piece? Um, you know, I, I see a lot more murals. Um, I, I couldn't necessarily recall like burners though. No, I, i'm always just, i'm always just curious because it's like you know whenever i think like uh when you're just getting into the scene people just think of murals as like street art actually and then sure. um, yeah. for, for people who are actually like really really kind of like in this whole world it's just like the gaming world actually you know there's so many different layers and different cultures it's just like these different games going on on the street like do you know anything about like obey for example um you know, does this look yeah. at yeah. all? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that this that started off as like a sticker, basically? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wasn't so that's, that then, yeah. Go go ahead. <laughs> oh no. So I'm saying that that's kind of like one of the aspects of street art too. I think like um, that you know a lot of people they they may know about the murals, but it's just like the, you know there's this whole culture of like stickers and then of like stencils basically too. Yeah. Um, there's there's a there's also different you know, realms of, of artists that, that get up too. You know, you got some guys that, that believe that, you know, getting up is getting up, you know? It doesn't matter what it is. It can be, um, you know, a sticker. It can be something that you put wallpaper paste on. Um, you know, it can be anything and that's yeah. fair game. Whereas, you know, stencil or whatever. Whereas some guys, the purists, the fascists, the guys who like to call themselves graffiti writers, um, you know, they think that if you use a stencil, that you're cheating, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, they like to see, they like to do things freehand, freehand, you know, and which, Hey, you know what I mean? That's to me, that totally makes sense. You know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, have some guy who's has something that he got out of a copy machine, you know, putting paste on it and putting it on top of your, your original piece that you just cranked out. Yeah. You know? Now, here's, here's something I'm going to give you a little bit of advice, though, okay? <laughs> now, if you're ever around some of these guys, um, you know, just be sure you call them uh, graffiti writers, okay? The ones that are doing the big fancy letters. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't really read what it's saying, you know yeah. what I mean? Like some of the letters are really cool and wild style, they call it. Um, well, that <laughs> technically is um, abstract, which is not graffiti. That's more of a form of street art than anything so hmm. but if you ever call them street artists they you know they might cut you you know what i mean <laughs> um whereas uh, uh an actual graffiti has a you know a message a very legible message that's technically what graffiti is a lot of times people confuse um you know uh initials, uh, gang numbers and stuff like that as, as graffiti. Um, so, you know, it, it depends on who you ask really, but technically those are the, you know, the, when it gets, when it gets technical, but like I said, if you're around these guys, just call them graffiti writers, draft writers, and you'll be all good. Oh yeah, man. Well, shit, man. That's, that's great advice from Teach the Graffiti Artist, man, going from the gamers. So there's a lot, there's, uh, I'm happy there's a lot of communication going on between uh, our worlds, man. And we just wanted to bring you on today, man. Um, my computer's going a little bit haywire right now, so I apologize about it. But um, 
you know, we're gonna go ahead and it's been an hour, man. That hour flew by real fast, man. And uh, I want to thank you so much for basically coming on and explaining to our audience a little bit more about uh, the esports world. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, anybody that's listening for Sherman, uh, you know, you learn a little bit something about street art today, man. So appreciate you, Mike, <laughs> coming on today, man. Thanks oh, again, sure. Mike. Really appreciate it, man. No, thanks guys for having me. It's a lot of fun. Hell yeah, man. So. Uh, uh, please uh, check out, check us out, follow us at PTTP Show. Leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for hanging out with us. To the audience, love you guys. Take care and peace.